him. Go to hell, copyright permission. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a talent drafting, Jericho celebrating, NXT championship belt cursing, meaty men meat slapping their meat each othering episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Yeah, there's some creative verbs in there, some creative notes, and uh, that's what this show's all about. Matt, you've been here a few times. You know what we're going to do. We're going to talk uh, a little wrestling. We're going to talk everything from this week's WWE Draft. Ooh, we need another one of those. Uh, we're going to talk that NXT Women's Division. Ooh, so good. And of course, we're going to subjectively decide a winner this week's Wednesday Night Wars. My God, it seems that the Wednesday Night Slaughtering is over. It's a real back and forth. This is this isn't uh, this isn't uh, you know the start of Rocky Four. This is like the middle of Rocky Four when it's an actual fight. Matt, we're gonna do that. Probably not much else because that's a pretty uh, pretty lengthy eight course uh, meal for you there. Hope you got the stomach for all of it. Uh, Matt, big news over here. I'm in the new house. It's almost decorated. Not that wall, but everything outside of the camera view is pretty decorated. How how are things over in your place? Well, let's see. I just told you my wife said that I am apparently the only person who is not thrown up today. So, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, everybody's getting sick. I just don't get why you're singling me out, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite one to happen today was uh, Milo, who's our dog. He's a Havanese. Uh, this was yeah. about 4 a.m. this morning. Uh, I, I woke up to the... <laughs> Like so, he he sleeps on our bed. I I just I hate it. Okay, like since day one, I've, I've never approved of Milo being on my bed. But he also uh, he rests his head on our pillows, so he's right between our two heads. So guess where the vomit goes when it happens? Exactly. Uh, so quite quite a wonderful day here at the old the other Clink household. Um, Man, you talk I, about a, a, a V economy, huh? I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. It is kind of cute. Sometimes he likes to uh, cuddle. Like uh, He'll actually make me the little spoon, which is kind of funny. Uh, but most of the time, he smells... Especially during COVID, like Havanese, um, they don't shed. So their hair, like, like picture, you know, your own head and not like shampooing your hair every day or you know every other day so he needs to get cleaned but we've been staying away from from sending him to a cleaners because it's one of those things it's not a necessity we don't need to get it done so you know we're not going to do it so he just reeks right now he smells so bad even when we give him a bath the smell <laughs> continues um so yeah he needs a professional to take care of that but uh, everybody, we're, we're professionals here, so we're going to tell you where to find the rest of the brothers of discussion. Uh, Mike, I have some blogs that can last more than a day, right? Yeah. I used to do blogs every day, and they were relevant for about six hours, and then uh, <laughs> the wrestling program would come and go. Yeah. No, not anymore. Matt has his blog about uh, how to watch pro wrestling, uh, removing brand loyalty from the equation. Uh, and yesterday, I uh, produced... Produced... Rogue. Fuck. I wrote <laughs> uh, how the uh, man of a thousand and four holds is really like this, the, the beginning 
of Chris Jericho or, or it's helping tell the story of Chris Jericho becoming Chris Jericho. Like putting in perspective the idea of a man who's a cruiserweight champion, not a heavyweight champion, walking to the ring in the middle of the Monday Night Wars with a stack of papers and a microphone. And he also is coming off a match with Marty Jannetty, who's at that time well past his prime. So wrap all that together. Yeah, he, think he, about, hadn't, uh, he hadn't disappeared anybody at that point. <laughs> and they gave Jericho like five straight segments for all of this. So I just like, it, it's about the risk that was taken uh, and obviously the, the reward that came from it. And uh, also a nice conversation about how Chris Jericho chose Chris Jericho. Uh, that part of it's probably a little bit shorter than it should have been. But I think we saw last night, and we'll get into it later, that uh, Chris is definitely giving back uh, to AEW. Uh, just a star-studded show last night. And, uh, man, it was, it was, uh, I couldn't miss it. Last night I did the uh, the dual screens. The dual screens last, last night. Uh, the dual screens. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met people that actually talk like that. Um, so, and and I'm, what do I consider myself a, a professional talker? And I just did it. But uh, that can all be found at bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, we've redone the website. So you are going to see Red Wings Rant Podcast pop up as well. You're just going to go ahead and click Pro Wrestling and it'll take you to all the blogs, all the podcast episodes, the archives. It's all still there. Uh, we just couldn't help. But make sure you are aware of Red Wings Rant Podcast. If you are a Detroit Red Wings fan, you got to check it out. All right. So continuing to roll here, you find us on uh, Twitter at BOD Podcast. Find us on Instagram with a joint uh, uh, account rolling for both Red Wings and pro wrestling, mostly pro wrestling. Is at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And uh, we've got our YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate a subscription uh, from yourself. It is just the brothers of discussion. And, uh, you know, the one thing that helps us out the most is going to wherever you're listening to podcasts and, and giving it that subscribe. But if you go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review, that does us the most favors. Uh, so we'd greatly appreciate some action there from you guys. Uh, anytime you do it, it means the world to us. And the uh, last thing, again, we, we've been using it to kick up the production of the show. As you can see, things have been changing over uh, the last – we're coming up, Mike, on uh, – Another anniversary coming up in November. So uh, as we come up to that anniversary and we just passed our 150th show, uh, you do see we are trying to kick up the production. We hope the sound quality is, is there. I know last week, boy, oh boy, did the sound quality suck. So uh, we're going to be continuing uh, to kick things up. That was that was using this for the first time. We'll just break yeah, the fourth wall. We got it now. Um, but go to anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion. And there you can find a way to subscribe uh in a in a more financial aspect uh for the brothers of discussion uh mike i i think based on a conversation we just had we could be getting closer to making this a little more than quarter time a job and closer to part time uh so with that um let's let's roll let's roll through the show let's uh yeah did Let's I throw you off with anything? That was what my goal was. No, no. I, uh, Mike, I don't know if you remember, but I asked a question in a meeting we just came out of, and apparently the answer was posted. And uh, Oh. Yeah, I'm just, you, Mike, why don't you take, uh, I'll let you know uh, if anything's going wrong here. Um, yeah, it looks like uh, a short uh, dissertation came out. Um, I'm not going to give any more details than that. 
and it's very distracting for old Matt. Uh, but Mike, do you, do you want to run through? Uh, why, don't, why don't you start don't letting us know what uh, what happened at NXT Takeover Thirty One? <laughs> sounds like uh, some pretty big news over there, Matt. It sounds <laughs> like uh, Matt Matt got the uh, lead over there. list over there. Um, Quiet over there. I'm trying to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't just take a few minutes here to just uh, talk about NXT TakeOver 31. Um, Matt, it's, I think it's caught you in uh, NXT TakeOver's in age. Uh, very soon we're going to have to have a NXT TakeOver 32 as Matt, yet again, uh, goes around. Um, where are you going around? The sun? Yeah, you're going to go around the sun, Matt. Um Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly had a hell of a match. Uh, easily a match of the year candidate. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit last week where uh, we were kind of excited because Balor, you know, has kind of been given this cookie-cutter move set to, to use uh, every single match, no matter the situation. Um, but going against Kyle, I, I don't know if he and Kyle just kind of had a talk before the match and they just said, you know what? If we're still standing after this match, we failed. Um, and the match, you know, literally had had blood, uh, sweat, and pus just coming out of every orifice of these guys. Uh, Balor left with a broken jaw. That makes it two, uh, you know, NXT champions uh, in a row where we've had to, uh, you know, maybe have to pivot away from them. Balor is, you know, trying to stand strong and say he's going to, you know, stick through it with a broken jaw and still be the champ. But, um, you know, we really like when those guys kind of, you know, pour it out, pour out the effort. Um, Randy Orton's thoughts be damned. Um, as far as, you know, <laughs> he always wonders why these guys kill themselves for NXT. You know, they're not going to be able to make that money on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, I think is more his position. But uh, it definitely gives us memorable moments like this. Um, it definitely kind of opens up you know, if, if people have been sleeping on the Undisputed Era outside of Adam Cole, uh, that is definitely not a one-man team. Um, and Kyle, he he really got to do everything. He uh, he got to do that strong style. He got to bust out all the submission moves. Um, and it was, uh, it was a real coming-out party for people who haven't watched him on the indie scene. Um, you know, he definitely got some real exposure there. Um, and Matt, I can drag it out more, but if you want to throw in your thoughts on Kyle and Finn, let me know. No, I'm ready. Um, it's all it's all good news too. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what was distracting me. Uh, so if anybody's concerned about your favorite brothers of discussion, everything's a okay. All right. Yeah. So rolling forward, I see somebody's watching. Please throw us your questions. Um, if uh, I know we're we're not going at, uh, we're not going at our usual time, so uh, that kind of screws things up. That's that's one of the. The few things we're supposed to get right when we go live is always go consistently. Um, okay, uh, where are we, Kyle and Finn? No, I think I pretty much stole all the thunder, just if you had any other superlatives you wanted to throw out there. Well, let's see. Uh, we dance around the hyperbole tree. Um, it, it's it's definitely... Like, you come off of it, and you go, that's match of the year. Easy. Uh, then you start to, you know, like roll back and you go, all right, AEW Dynamite did a parking lot brawl. That was <laughs> like one of the best fucking things you've ever seen. Uh, so, you know, we all we all scaled back a little, um, but it, it truly was brilliant. It was everything I think we wanted it to be. Um, and, uh, you know, I 
what's amazing is when the pressure gets put on those two guys and they can still knock it out of the park. I think that's a super underrated. Um, what do we want? I, I don't know if you call that a skill or it's just their ability to take all of that pressure and manifest it into something fantastic. That that's something that gets ignored a lot. Uh, Mike, we're, we're both uh, hockey fans. We just watched the best hockey team win the Stanley cup. That almost never happens. The team that wins the president's trophy um, uh, is, oh, I shouldn't say that they won the president's trophy, but um, cause they didn't, but we knew that the Tampa Bay lightning were the best team in the NHL. They, they destroyed everybody last year, this year. If you take the two years and you look at point production, you know, they, they're the best team over the last two years. That's all right. I just completely ruined our credibility in hockey. Cause I called them president's trophy champions. Um, but anyway, it's very hard to do to, to know, to go into a season knowing that you have all the pressure in the world to, to knock it out of the park. Now, obviously this is more of a, uh, of a performance. So we're talking more along the lines of you have an amazing actor who's put in a huge role with like a Steven Spielberg movie. And then they go ahead and win an Academy Award. Uh, some of that's politics, but also we see Leonardo DiCaprio get kind of put under that pressure uh, once, once every couple of years and he seems to keep, <laughs> keep killing it. So yeah. uh, essentially what you're talking is also, you know, we're, and we're all familiar with it. If this is a Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio level performance because they've got all the pressure in the world and they're, yeah. you know, they killed yeah. it. I mean, uh, Kyle, he was definitely uh, a very serviceable, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gilbert Grape, you know, and now he's uh, you know, <laughs> at the the forefront of of major Hollywood productions. Um, I, I I think that's a great way to put it. Um, it's not like he didn't have the ability; he just they never really cast him in that role. And I, I'm so glad, like I'm I'm so happy for him uh, that his first real. I, oh, I think you'd be hard pressed to name a, a second Kyle O'Reilly singles match um in nxt i think they've they've just almost always had him uh in a tag team um so i'm really glad that it didn't just meet you know you know i would say pretty uh, uh you know middling expectations if any because we just we didn't know what to expect out of finn and uh Kaya. but right. um definitely exceeded them um and definitely helped put kyle on the map and i i think you know as you kind of, um, you know, Triple H will always say when people get hurt, um, you know, people leave the company, things like that. You know, it's the it's the next man up. And I think if uh, a few other dominoes fell, they'd, they'd be in great shape with Kyle as their champ. Uh, he, he definitely did himself an NXT a service uh, this weekend. Uh, but we can't just take all the time for Kyle. We got to move on. Yeah, um, I'm just ready to a couple, go now. Uh, a couple quick cameos here. Um, <laughs> Discussion-wise, just Ember Moon and Tony Storm are going to enter the fray um, for the NXT Women's Division. Tony Storm, uh, she did a, a weird um, Wizard of Oz talking head up above the screen, which I <laughs> wasn't for me. Um, but uh, really, really excited to see Ember Moon back. Um that I don't know what her character's gonna really be going forward, but when she took that helmet off, that was a that was a real thank God Almighty I'm back. Like that kind of just birthday smile. She yeah. she looked ecstatic. That, that's the smile that we see on people when they know they're coming to the ring to win a championship. Like she's she was so <laughs> excited. And, it's the uh, face that you never see from Sasha because she's always booked to either lose the title or you know, <laughs> lose in the the rematch. Go ahead. 
Well, we do have uh, uh, Stephanie is here. Stephanie, you're here every week. I appreciate it. Stephanie cannot wait to see Roman Reigns fight his cousin. We she's obviously talking about Hell in a Cell. Mike, uh, let's. Uh, I know that's not in the show notes. How how do you feel about the? Um, how about no? Yeah, I'm going to ask it like this, Mike. How do you feel about the Oost family continuing to battle each other through October? I'm selling my I, excitement. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. It's going to go on forever. Anything we can do to just keep really hammering home what an evil piece of shit Roman Reigns is, uh, that he's going to destroy, you know, one Uso and more than likely the other one in a steel cage uh, with what Michael calls Michael Cole calls toys. Um, I, I'm, I'm all over that. Um, it's just sometimes we really... <laughs> We really criticize WWE, like, um, you know, with how they booked Roman Reigns for like the past six years before this current period. Uh, but now that they're doing it, right, they are 100% hitting their stride. Um, I love this side of Roman. It's it's something that after the week of watching three hours of Monday Night Raw, two hours of AEW, two hours of NXT, maybe throw in a, you know, a little NXT UK. Uh, I will still tune in, uh, you, uh, Fox, on Fridays, uh, get my Roman Reigns fix. No, absolutely. I, I, again, this this has to go all the way to WrestleMania, right? So anything we could do to keep stretching it out is is going to be perfect for us. I know I know they've had these plans where things start in, like, the fall, uh, you know, talking about, like, Seth Rollins and Triple H, and they kind of hit, like, the pause button and then come back to it later. So it's yeah. definitely possible for them to go – uh brothers Oost go down to roman and then the rock shows up maybe around the royal rumble which i don't know we've seen it before it would be kind of cool to see like roman almost win some sort of rumble match and then the rock comes like in philadelphia but he does the opposite um you know something like that would be neat or if they just tease it like rock is there to help roman and then he just gives him kind of that look kind of thing like there's going to be a ton of different ways to do it but as long as this i think goes into december you still got a couple of matches with um uh jimmy that you could throw in there and yeah. correct me if i'm wrong it is it is jay right like i went out on a huge limb there yeah it's that's <laughs> it's, it's definitely jim so jay. when he's jay. fighting jay it's, at, it's, it's, when he, it's jay it's when he's fighting jay at the hell in a cell <laughs> you, you you know that there's a possibility that jay could be coming in to interfere later and right. that could result in a battle in November and December of Roman Reigns and Uso. So it's <laughs> right. Well, you know, just before we jump off this point, because I know we're not trying to have a monster show, but um, what they could have done is what they usually do when they want to take a feud and extend it, you know, past a week, past a month, do a second month, you know, additional pay-per-views. They'll just do kind of a dirty finish and be like, oh, well, we didn't quite get a finish. So, you know, we're going to see it the next one for Roman Reigns to win decisively. uh, But then allude to Jay that you want another match. okay? but this time I'm going to kill you like there. There aren't a lot of uh, I can probably count on one hand how many times we've extended a feud uh, with the heels saying, I'll give you another shot. But this time I'm going to annihilate you. I'm going to behead you. Uh, there's no longer going to be twins. There's going to be one Oos. Um, I think it's just a great dark twist, um, a great unique way to propel this story and actually get me excited for part two 
knowing that Jay has no chance of winning. Yeah, uh, and I will say, uh, our good friend uh, Venus Blue uh, checked in. Venus Blue, what's up? She's uh, she's angry at us. We uh, she's like, of course it's Jay. Damn it! Um, so <laughs> I don't have Michael Cole there to help me. He's he's the only guy who knows. Nobody That's, else knows. Uh, at, at Neon Ghost Forty One, who again, I I could I could actually make the argument that her old handle, which was a thousand and uh, a thousand and lady of a thousand and four holds. Um, was one of those gentle reminders all the time that Chris Jericho uh, kind of inspired, you know, where I could come back and remember that moment and then put in the the blog article right away. Cause it was always in the back of my mind. Yeah. All right. Uh, but <laughs> thanks for throwing that out there. It is Jay, Mike. We, we don't have to. Uh, all right. No more. I, don't know. I, I think, I think even though. Roman was like, listen, Jim. Hey, Michael Cole's fucked it up too, like mid-match. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, Roman should mark their arms like Michael Scott and his girlfriends from Benihana. I think that would be the <laughs> best way to go about this. Um, but this weekend, Matt, we got a big... Uh, they're doing it again. I feel like we have a draft every other month. Um, WWE drafts. It's happening. Uh, 60 males. Woo! And females. Oh, And tag teams have been placed into the 2020... WWE draft. Um, and so I confusing love, this time though. More than more than twenty are eligible to be drafted on Friday night, and more than thirty are eligible to be drafted on Monday night. Friday and Monday, more than, but not an exact number. But sixty are out there. Okay. Um, due more to than the twenty, length, less than a hundred, somewhere due to, in that. Due to the length of each show. For every two picks that SmackDown selects, Raw will get three. Ooh. Got to fill that, you know, nine to ten hour that nobody but us is watching. Uh, tag teams will count as one pick unless they don't. Uh, <laughs> I love that. The, that's one that of the rule is rules. fantastic. It's a tag team. Unless it's not a tag team. Then, uh, then we unless split I want to break you up. Yep. And then, why would you do, uh, if this was real, why would you do that? I don't know. Like if this, I tweeted out like, all right, I can't respect this anymore. If you if you had the opportunity to draft two guys with one pick, or you went out on a limb and were like, you know what, I'm just going Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't need Cesaro. Yeah, why do that? I have no yeah. Like the first pick should be retribution because you've got like thirty guys right there. Boom. 30 guys on your roster. You can run a whole show with just retribution. Yeah, there's no salary cap. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have like 80 guys in your payroll on your first pick. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, go, it, so if SmackDown goes first, they should go retribution, then New Day, and then Raw will go. Ooh, All right, we're, we're taking. Like, yeah, oh man, boy, fuck. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay, go, so go retribution, then the hurt. Undisputed Era. That's like four. Right. Uh, <laughs> give me the four horsewomen yeah I'm you mean sasha bailey becky and charlotte no i mean all eight of them i also want Shayna, serena jessamine and the other four yeah i'm taking all seven horsewomen let's giddy up um there's one more rule matt uh, i don't want to forget this any any undrafted superstar will immediately be released to AEW. <laughs> I love that too. 
No, Call they will be declared free agents. free agents and able to sign with the brand of their choosing. Now, right. so according Impact to the rules, has been Ring of Honor, AEW, on the table. I don't know. It doesn't say they're not on the table. It says any brand. <laughs> I, I just love that, you know, Impact was at, you know, they're, they're just scrolling through Twitter. Ooh. Oh, my God. Quick, get in here. <laughs> Same thing happening in AEW. It's just Cody. Anybody that's not drafted on Friday or Monday is going to be declared a free agent. <laughs> He's got like a big landline phone just waiting for it to ring. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, the draft is, is always just, it's a cute way for them to kind of, you know, spice up the feuds on Monday and Friday. You know, I get it. Um, I just, it just feels like we get so many drafts. I don't know why it feels that way. Um, the way that WWE, like, all right, now it's 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 October. We gotta have a hell in a cell. All right, that's cool, Vince. You know, we'll do the pay per view same month. All right, I get it. What if we do the draft every year at the same time? Oh fuck that! We're not doing that. I want to do two or three drafts a year. Well, okay. Well, uh, Matt, you sound like you had a more uh, uh, provocative point than uh, this mishmash of draft dates. Well, I did forget what that was going to be when I first went. But but to your point, I'm pretty sure it was just one of those things where they they you you can kind of see what's going on like with AEW and WWE and NXT like all these special event shows seem to be popping up every week every 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 week there's a show you can't miss. I know. Um just like next week we've got AEW's anniversary show that was yeah, I'm actually last, pretty pumped for that. Last week, wasn't it? Wasn't the anniversary? Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. No. Right. So now now WWE is just going. Like, I, I feel well, like it was just one of those things where they saw the <laughs> NHL draft was coming up. Boom. We, we should had, do a draft. We have two full shows written. They, it's going to write itself. We just random wrestling matches that mean nothing. We'll have guys drafted over to new brands, and then they'll fight each other. It's it's a whole thing. Well, we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes me laugh is like, uh, it's it's a lot like a, a middle school couple and their anniversaries. Like, well, this is when we first held hands. This is when we first smoochy smoochy. You know, right. um, I think the only way the draft really gets a rooting interest for me um, is I it's. Like last year, I think they were really trying to, uh, you know, we care about the women wrestlers now. Look at how high Becky Lynch got drafted. It's like, yeah, I know. Let, let's actually do the women's pay-per-view again. Well, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. and <laughs> <sighs> So, you know, that is such a hollow gesture. But if they really want to win me over, I think that's when you can really mix it up. Uh, you know, like see Walter get drafted to Friday nights. Like, whoa, you know. Um, uh, They've made next it clear right, next that those year. guys are not available. I, I know. It's almost... Mike, let's run through the 100 names. All right. <laughs> what if Dexter Loomis gets drafted on Monday? I mean, that'd be great. It, it does look like they're setting him up for more of an NXT run, and I think they're, you know, they're starting to AJ take that a little bit more. What? AJ Styles to NXT. Absolutely. That was the idea I had earlier this week, and I threw it out there on our uh, live wrestling discussion group. If you guys want to join, it is just that. It's a live wrestling discussion group that uh, we say is hosted by BODpodcast.com. 
Uh, we'd love to have everybody there. We're almost hitting 600 followers. Uh, that is amazing because uh, you know what, everybody, that's just organically happening. We are doing zero things to grow that and people are just joining and throwing in their two cents and I absolutely love it. So uh, love yeah. love everybody that's uh, that's tuning into that. Um, actually, now that I mention that, I just realized I never did share this live recording with that group because I'm a moron. Um, so let's, while, while I'm talking, I'll, I'll run that through here. But um, I, uh, oh shit, I did lose my point. All right, Mike, let's let's just move on because I'm losing points because I, oh God, I'm so, my brain is such a mess after this meeting we just had. And I kind of gave away that a meeting does exist by tweeting it out. Um, hope we don't no, get in trouble uh, with our bosses. But uh, no, before we, because uh, I think we've kind of exhausted what's going to happen with the draft. Um, there's only, if, if, you know, I mentioned the uh, NXC people getting called up, uh, main, main roster people, you know, uh, getting drafted to NXT. Um I don't know if you had any last points on that, but I was just going to say you, you know, we mentioned at the top of the, the draft um, segment uh, retribution. Um, and when I, when we said that, I was still only thinking of T-Bar, Slapjack, um, Mace, Reckoning and Retaliation. And I had totally forgotten uh, the breaking news that Mustafa Ali is now the oh, right. uh, leader of the group. Yeah, if you get I'm retribution, you're fucking killing it. Draft him. Okay, I know that's not yeah. why you brought it up. No, I just, uh, it's there. I don't know if there's a whole lot to add. Uh, I just, you know, this is the second time in this episode we're going to kind of pat the WWE production team and writers on the back um, because that was a big swerve uh, when they, you know, we found out it was going to be some NXT people who were kind of floundering on the outside who were retribution. We were like, eh, you know, we'll kind of get on board with that. Because there's a long, you know, long-standing belief that it was going to be Ali because of the little uh, blue lights on his gloves um, and some imagery on the, uh, you know, being the hacker, that kind of thing. And now, now it looks like, you know, now that everybody kind of forgot about him, Ali is joining the group. Man, leading, leading the group. My my apologies. Um, of the members of that group, who's going to come out most popular? Ooh, that's a great question because, uh, you know, it, it's After Slapjack, of course. It's something too when you think about like when the Shield first started, it wasn't beloved from the get go, but slowly, you know, people started bringing up those questions like, is this going to end up being like one of the best factions of all time? And, uh, you know, we look back at the Shield, I think if somebody made that argument to me right now, I'm not going to sit there and laugh in their face. It's, it's that's pretty. That's a pretty good argument to make. Now with Retribution, the start here is a little bit more rough than the Shield, I would say. I, th I think uh, they've hit some bumps in the road. Uh, they've missed a couple of um, easy to catch things. Like uh, let's let's not be so tone deaf. Like when there's um, Make, making someone out to be evil just because they're breaking glass kind of thing. Um, you know, <laughs> things that were actually going on in the United States uh, while they were introducing retribution that were yeah. mirrored. Um, um, so that that's kind of rough. But little thing, little things too. Little things too. Like uh, when they had Maya, Maya Yim come out and do her promo and her mask kept falling off. So she had to keep putting it back on. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't but, mean to so, cut you off there. Yeah. So who's going to come out of this? I 
I don't know if it's going to be Mia Yim. And I, I, I know the easy answer is probably Ali. Cause this, this is, this is something where I think he's going to thrive. Um, if you've seen his Instagram or his Twitter and, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about, God, I'm, I'm going to bring up, uh, bring up a comparison here and I hope to God people see why I'm bringing it up and they don't just immediately make the connection, uh, because of the color of their skin. But Mike, one of the things we loved so much about Jinder Mahal becoming the champion when he was WWE champion for a very short period was when he first started doing promos, he was so fucking real. He was real with all of it. And we loved it so much. It, it was just something where he was calling out the WWE audience. He was calling out the WWE. It was something to both of us. It brought to our attention ideas that we had just kind of thrown at the wayside and said, that's just pro wrestling. Um, now, moving forward, Jinder Mahal's whole character changed and he got away from those stories. And then the whole championship reign kind of, you know, Fizzle. fell flat after that. Yeah. But what you see Mustafa Ali doing on Instagram, on Twitter, and now, you know, leading this group, I can only imagine it's going to be more of the same. He does a fantastic job of calling people out on social media when, uh, you know, they're just flat out being racist. Um, and, and this is something that I think can definitely come into play with retribution because what are they saying? They're saying they're angry with WWE. So there's got to be something going on that they need to fix. And if we're following along with what Mustafa Ali holds, and he should hold so near and dear to his heart when it comes to the things he says and preaches on social media, holy fuck, could this be so goddamn juicy and make a whole, like a wholesale change, right? For, uh, for the WWE. Like it could be something where they they uh, like could be as real of a ask for change like Daniel Bryan when he was evil Daniel Bryan you know Bryan a year ago and he had his hemp belt and then uh, you were kind of saying like <laughs> is he really evil because he's asking us to take care of the planet uh, but I think that that this is the type of thing where Ali's going to come in strong and he's going to know his message and he's going to. He lives, he's going to live, it's, it's, there's potential that if it is that message, he lives that message, that this could be so powerful. And, you know, hopefully they don't turn it into like a heel thing. Uh, but uh, all that being said, I, I just, it's so funny. I still haven't answered your question. Uh, but I want the, I want the answer to be Dijakovic, to be completely honest. Uh, because yeah. I, again, I gave all the reasons why the easy answer is Ali, uh, to come out of this and Jesus, I think I just went on for like eight minutes. Uh, no, so you're, <laughs> you're fine. Um, I, I would just say, I love the way you brought up the shield. Um, because one thing the I, I hadn't really thought about in a while was the way, uh, the popularity of those three guys, it was always kind of like this, you know, you didn't know really who you even liked, you know, the most, sometimes it was Roman, you know, if he was, uh, if he's going to be the guy who, uh, you know, broke up some awful, you know, uh, you know, Kane and uh, Big Show Royal Rumble moments, um, you know, that he's going to try and save us from some terrible booking, uh, whether or not it was going to be, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking a title away from Brock Lesnar, um, you know, and then uh, I, I keep going to Royal Rumble moments because it was our favorite thing. But Dean Ambrose, you know, maybe, you know, getting one over on Triple H, who had just upended Roman Reigns. 
um, just little stuff like that where all three of those guys kind of had fluctuate, fluctuating popularity there. And I got to say, so far with the booking, you know, we haven't really heard as much from, you know, May Slapjack, Reckoning, and Retaliation. Um, they're just so new. But uh, right now they're really allowing T-Bar, uh, Dijak, and uh, Ali to, um, you know, both be kind of woke. Um, T-Bar's, you know, kind of given that permission to be woke and funny. And Ali has, you know, been woke and profound. Um so I can definitely see a spot where, where both those guys can succeed, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this fluctuates and kind of excited to see how, um, you know, as we kind of develop a character for Ali, as we develop um, T-Bar's character, once we have those known entities, that's when we can start to know more of the supporting cast and learn about Mace and, you know, the inner workings of Slapjack, mm-hmm. which I don't think that is a first uh for the word slapjack to be um prefaced by inner workings um (laughs) so that's uh that's kind of the draft that's retribution i'm glad we didn't forget about ali there matt and uh i tag mike i tag tag, um (laughs) we always bring a rottweiler in for our hot takes but go ahead who 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 is going who would you take first in this draft like kayfabe like, let's not pretend that you're going to get 12 guys if you pick Retribution. Kayfabe, who are you taking first? I think you're going to be just... Because I'm trying not to, you know, I pick Seth Rollins! You know, I don't want to do that. I, I I don't think it should be like a Kevin Owens or an Alistair or even, you know, Becky or Bailey. If they I'm really... I, if they really want to do this right, you want a top Stop prospect who's eyes. been winning. <laughs> they, if you want a top prospect who's been winning, and I'm not going to put Bray Wyatt in there because they're doing kayfabe. Oh, okay. fuck. No, don't. Yep. No, don't. No. Don't I'm not going to do uh, Arturo Ruas. I'm sorry. I, I, I do like him oh, on my oh. uh, um, underground, but no. Matt? I'm going to pick Bob Lashley. Oh, no, that's a great pick. That is a great pick because you need to make a statement with the first pick, and I, I absolutely love that. Now, you should pick the Hurt Business, um, and it, you could have made the argument about Bobby. So you just broke up the Hurt Business, the best faction in WWE right now. <laughs> um, all right, so here, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to say Dabakato. You pick him first. You are telling the WWE audience that he is important. And again, I said we're playing kayfabe here. So you pick Dabo. Is it Dabo or Daba? How do I? I, I, I still call that? him Baba Tunde, so I don't know. It's oh, Dabo, okay. Dabo Kato, I think. I, I, I would say if you do that, you're selling right away that this guy's for real. So you go mm-hmm. in that direction. You're helping push those storylines. And champions are going to fall wherever you've got Roman drew and, and Bailey and Oscar, but um, you pick him. You've just told the entire WWE universe. That this, this is the most important guy that we have. And I think you have an opportunity to do that. I think if he ends up being like a fifth pick, you've pretty much just said he's kind of a guy you want to pay attention to, but if you make him the number one pick, you're actually doing something with this stupid draft because you said it first, Mike, why do they do these? They just seem like they pop up out of nowhere. I say they're just filling out programming. Give it a purpose. Give it a reason. First pick. 
Yeah, I mean, he'll be uh, the first pick on Monday apparently because he doesn't count for the Friday list, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> the Friday list. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some people who could really need a like use a boost. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> like Braun Strowman has totally fallen off uh, the face of the earth. I mean, I know he's on TV, but like as far as being a monster, that's that's pretty much done. Uh, Sheamus, uh, Matt Riddle. Um, I don't know. Kevin Owens is just kind of floating around. I, I don't know. Um, you know, his feud is with Aleister Black, which, oof, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's tough to come up from. Uh, <laughs> I love Aleister, but it, he's just done. Uh, Matt, if we're going to hot tag, one more hot tag, who's the real first pick going to be on Friday? Oh, man. Um, Drew McIntyre is part of the Friday list, just so you know. Oh, that's right. I was looking at Monday again. God damn it. Um, first pick will be um, Asuka. Damn it. That was my pick. All right. Asuka is going to be the consensus number one. Hey. All right. Cool. All right. Let's move on. Um, so that's the draft. You know, we'll have some coverage for you this weekend. And also, I want to see where Sami Zayn gets picked. If he's a fucking free agent, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. All right. Man, let's also, get into the Wednesday Night Wars. Oh. Real quick, uh, shout out to, to Neon Ghost 41, also Venus Blue again. Uh, she's hoping uh, that Ali, and I miss this because Twitter isn't keep, it doesn't, they don't keep as well a track of it on, on our uh, uh, thing we're distributing this on, uh, the Twitter comments. But uh, she says, I hope Ali goes on a Daniel Bryan-esque run because that was amazing. Bryan got people to boo books. And boo recycling, <laughs> just top notch. Um, that <laughs> there's a reason why I think Neon Ghost Forty One has the most replies from BOD podcast because it takes like that. Um, like those are the things to remember, folks. Daniel Daniel Bryan just did great work, and I think. And again, uh, I know we moved on, but Ali does have that that potential there to do that. So, Mike, Wednesday Night Wars. Let's do it. So, every week, I think it's our favorite part of the show. Um, hopefully, everybody else likes it. But what we like to do is uh, count down, tap three moments of each show. Um, and also, we throw in a dubious, um, a ne'er-do-well, uh, one of the uh, embarrassing moments of the week. And, uh, Matt, looking at the two shows, another tough one at the at the at the gate here um I, I honestly could pick nxt being the better show just because of my uh ember moon bias um i i think there were a lot of great things on paper for nxt but i think aew did more of the execution like or maybe you know what maybe i have that backwards i don't know because we did walk into jericho's 30th anniversary right like that should have been cake that should have been a no-brainer, top-bottom, whatever's going on, you're going to fucking nail it. And then, um, you know, and then you're looking at a guy named Luther in the main event of the AEW. And and God bless him, you know, like, uh, we know why he's there. He's, he's a part of, of Jericho's history. But, uh, you know, as I just said, on paper it looks great, and then the execution, is, so this is what I'm saying about NXT. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's for both. 
but um, I don't know. So, so as I said, I was I was watching both. Um, you know, there was also a, a vice presidential debate that happened. So uh, they both lost at nine o'clock. Uh, Rather handily, yeah. If we're talking about ratings, uh, well, I'm going to say they lost in the Clink household. That's uh, the long and short of it. Uh, I I knew where to. I will say attention. right when uh, uh, Pence and Kamala started walking out, uh, like. Cody immediately got busted open. Like, no, 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 come back, see? <laughs> and then he got choked by a dog collar. So, uh, Matt, are you saying AEW won? I think I am. I mean, yeah, it's you've got the dog collar match. You still have, like, the pop and circumstance of Jericho's 30th that it's hard to compare to. I kind of thought they picked a bad night to do this because, obviously, both shows were going to get killed by the, the VP debate. And... Uh, this had that potential to be like when Mankind uh, did his um, and, and The Rock did their uh, This Is Your Life uh, celebration for The Rock. Like I, I really felt and they and they were doing it like a real version of it, you know, like you actually got to see Jericho doing the This Is Your Life. And uh, it, it's something that I think we all wanted to see. I think people are going to watch it later. But uh, if you are talking about, you know, strategizing this the right way and i, I mentioned at the top of the show these uh nxt aew uh and wwe seem to be throwing out these different reasons uh that you can't miss each show this is something where you both of these shows had to say you know what uh this is a this is a the vice president uh debate and and we're just gonna fucking lose there's nothing we can do to get people to tune in um <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, like to me, that was, that's the long and short of it right there. So you just kind of wave the white flag and go, yeah, we're, we're not winning this one. And then just go on your merry little way. Um, so it, that I'm throwing out there for a completely different reason, but it, it was still something that, uh, you know, I, I think in the long run, they'll look back and say, man, we, we wasted this, but it, it was still fun to watch. Um, I've got the, or no. You're going to be taking AEW, so you've you've got that list of cameos to take care of. I've got reasons I hate that list, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's let's go. Let's. Uh, does this uh, does this mean I go first then? Uh, since I am saying AEW won, you're yeah, you got to go first. All right, yeah. all right, number three. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, <laughs> all right. I know what my dishonorable mention is. Uh, so I'm going to go number three is, uh, I'm going to say part of it is remembering that Drake Maverick is amazing at everything he does, but it is absolutely <laughs> Drake Maverick and Killian Dane crushing Ever-Rise. Uh, Ever um, Mike, this was a reminder that Drake Maverick will do whatever you ask because he is an actor. He's a performer. He knows this business. This is a guy that absolutely should have his own wrestling coaching school uh, or teaching school, you know, or his own wrestling school. I'll leave it at that. Um, he should be working for the WWE after he's done. This guy gets it. He should be teaching all of these guys moving forward. Like this brass ring bullshit, um, climbing the ladder. You like, you just need to be genuine. Like, I think that's where it starts. And there's some of the guys that will never climb up, you know, the ladder or, you know, get that brass ring because they're not, 
genuine. And uh, I think Drake Maverick is just honestly genuine. Some guys, it's just bad luck. But Drake Maverick is where he is because he's genuine with everything he does. I mean, the 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 boyhood joy, uh, uh, the boy-like joy on his face uh, for just winning a match with Killian Dane and being carried away out of the ring. Uh, it, it's hilarious. Uh, it's beautiful, to be completely honest. And uh, it's something that I can't wait for the next match. Like, I can't wait for the next time that they're coming out. And I uh, I asked the question to myself, I guess, here in the notes, is this the new Breezango? Only from the aspect that this is so unique. It's so much fun. And again, it's it's a tag team that uh, knows what pro wrestling really is all about. If you don't see what Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, what they're doing as everything pro wrestling is, uh, the high skill, the storytelling in the ring, and uh, just the, the different levels of emotion that can come out in one match of the anger, the, um, you know, the laughter that we get to uh, emote uh, as we're watching it. And I just, there's, there's so many different things about this to love. Probably should be my number one, but just for the sake of recognizing some other wrestlers that showed up on NXT, this will be my number three. No, I think uh, I think it's a, a great inclusion. Um, the entertainment value is, is really high uh, whenever Drake is out there. Um, and I mean, <laughs> we're going to touch upon it with uh, Jericho. Uh, spoiler alert, he's going to make the list. Um, we're going to touch upon it in a moment here about you know who you want to give the rub to, who you want to uh, sell for, who you want to make look good. Um, and Killing Dane was in insanity, which was, uh, a group I, I honestly thought would do a little bit better. I thought Eric Young was, uh, you know, a pretty strong vocal leader, uh, who could literally do anything in the ring. Um, and it, you know, just kind of disbanded and, you know, like a mouse fired in the wind. And it just seemed like Killian Dane after sanity, uh, you know, his shtick was that he's the hairy member of the group, uh, you know, kind of the George animal steel. Um, and he tried to have a little singles run in NXT. You know, I don't think people ever really kind of, you know, attach themselves to it, to him. Um, and I think right now, I, I think Drake Maverick is, he's doing uh, almost, uh, you know, an MVP, the wrestler um, kind of effort to get over somebody who's had some trouble getting over. So uh, just hats off to Drake. Uh, but I, I bet he could get you and I over in a wrestling ring. Um, Absolutely. Moment number three from AEW. <sighs> I think it's got to be, man, I, I don't know. It, it'd be like if you threw a, a Baconator and a Whopper into <clears throat> an Arby's. Uh, there was yeah. so much meat, slap and beat. Uh, Brian Cage and Will Hobbs um, just crashing into each other slamming into each other um uh, this was like a wcw second hour uh extravaganza of two guys who didn't give a damn about submissions um and all they wanted to do was make the other guy eat the pine um which is great to say once uh jr milked that like six or seven times <laughs> over the course of the same match uh spine on the pine um, well, he's, he's forgetting that he said it the first time so he just keeps looking down at his notes you already said it <laughs> but uh <laughs> um it ended uh it's it's only number three on the list as, as fun as it was it, it did make me think of some nice uh nostalgic memories um from wcw because it, it just if you watched it for a few minutes you'd know exactly what i was talking about 
Um, there's even a power slam that I, I don't know if this is what they were alluding to, but it definitely made me think of uh, the big wind up power slam that animal from Legion of Doom used to do. Uh, Cause it had that kind of uh, ferocity to it. Um, but you know, uh, great match, uh, you know, Stone Cold would say a nice match. Um, and in, as far as, you know, mixing up the styles a little bit, AEW yeah. does not have a lot of meat. They don't have a lot of meaty men slapping meat. Um, so I definitely hope that Will Hobbs can get a little more, um, exposure to get him some more fans, uh, get him some more TV time. Cause I want to see more clashes like this. This was, this was good stuff. All right. Number two, I think, <laughs> I think I got to put this, um, Oh man. I know you're trying to figure out how to get Dexter Loomis at number one. I know it. I know. No, I already fucked that up. <laughs> I, I know. I, He's I just know his I, own I, list. Yeah. I can't put him in there. Everybody knows I love Dexter Loomis and him, him doing what he did is great, but it wasn't enough. Cause I, I've got to put, uh, I'm trying to decide right now who I'm going to make number one and who's number two. And I guess I'm going to make Kushida and Champa number two. Uh, because that, now that, match and stick around for my dishonorable mention that match was great and i'm sad the way it ended uh and i'm especially sad that there's a feud continuing but um mike you and i saw some sarcastic uh comments on twitter about this match even existing which i don't understand at all i think we should uh, give Kushida all the respect in the world um and obviously champa's champa i mean the black heart for a reason you get that you get that moniker for you know it, it's a scary one and it's a one that you earn but uh you know match wise this was fantastic and i i thought it was fresh I, I don't i don't understand if somebody was bored with seeing something they've never seen before um or if they just don't like that things were announced ahead of time and all of this thrown together, it doesn't matter. This was a joy to watch. Um, and if if you are looking for something to check out, just make sure you pause it right before the ending. You won't know it's coming, I guess. But that's where I'll be starting my next statement with my dishonorable mention. But uh, <laughs> number number two, the match up until two minutes before the segment's over uh, is Kushida and Champa. That's my number two. Okay. Uh, my moment number two. Um, if only it's only because it happened this week. Um, Cody and Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee, sorry, um, doing battle for the TNT championship in a rematch. Um, you know, big changes since the last time they fought. Um, you know, Cody has a new hair color. Um, Cody has a new uh, Alistair Black-esque uh, squeaky door entrance to his theme song. Um, you know, a ricochet. Pew, pew. Never and now works. Cody comes out and there's like, you know, some lights that kind of go like this. And, it's, you know, what a what a, what a a 180 from the usual. Uh, but no, the well, match itself was Everybody, was less is more. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I can't put, I can't put this match at number one because, uh, AEW itself didn't make it number one. Uh, they they actually made it number two to a commercial. Uh, we actually missed a spot where uh, there's a, a pile driver off the apron through a table performed by Cody, who's outweighed by Mr. Brody Lee by probably you know 50 pounds. 
because we had to watch a cancer treatment commercial in the picture in picture. Um, so I, I don't know how this match didn't quite get the love. Um, but it was violent. It was bloody. It's almost every week Cody busts himself open. Um, he's he's really going to have an interesting looking forehead in a few years uh, from all these little cuts like right here. Um, like his father. Yeah. That was always disgusting. I always like looked at it as if it were a piece of parchment paper that had been left in too hot of an oven for too long. It just started to wrinkle up and you just want to pick at it, you know? You know, you see like that, that burned up skin that you could probably just peel right off. Like that's what yeah. Rusty Rhodes had always looked like to me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of gross. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, they, they made uh, good use of the gimmick. Um, it didn't feel like, um, it didn't just feel like a side attraction. You know, they actually tried to bring out, um, you know, some of the legends who've been in the old dog dog collar matches um they actually had the the announcer do some uh extracurricular um and then when the match was over you know cody cut a promo uh they had uh all the cronies for Brody lee come out and you know essentially carry their god back into the you know behind the curtain um cody's family and friends all came out and then matt one of my favorite things about aew is that I'm usually pretty happy with what I'm watching the night of, but then they always get me excited for what's next week. Um, and we didn't get a, a big lengthy promo exchange because of the man involved, but dueling thumbs up from freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy and Cody. So, yeah, just pumped for a, another anniversary show for AEW next week. Yep. Um, yeah, that's my moment number two, Matt. I, that brings us to arguably my favorite part of the show, the dishonorable mentions, and then the number one moments. Matt, dishonorable mention for NXT. Well, one of my favorite parts of every show is saying hey to Amy. So, hey, Amy, I'm glad you're here. Hey, um, Number two, I really hope that AEW does, after they do their anniversary show, their first show, they do an anniversary show of their second AEW Dynamite and continue, like, don't miss the anniversary of episode two of AEW Dynamite on TNT. All right. Um, so my dishonorable mention, Mike, I already teased. So let's just go through it. Uh, Kushida and, and Champa should not have ended the way it ended. Uh, Kushida uh, should have... Velveteen Dream should have been written off of NXT for a very long time with the end of the uh, NXT TakeOver match. And at that point, Kushido should have been made the face of the company. Like, they, they, they could have done anything to the guy that takes out Velveteen Dream, and now they've just extended that feud. It is quite the fart right in my eye, and I'm not happy about it. So... With that, that's easily my dishonorable mention, and I can't believe that they ruined what was such a great match between Champa and Kushida. I'm a huge fan of Kushida. I'm a huge fan of Back to the Future, so I was sold on him from the get-go. And the fact that uh, I still, you know, the one movie where we allow, um, we allow an elder gentleman to prey on a young child. It's the one time we've never called into question what this relationship is all about. Uh, the WWE uh, never called into question what Velveteen Dream was doing uh, with youngsters online, and he continues to stay uh, on WWE programming without it being mentioned uh, with any sort of uh, realistic nature and just sort of blown off by the likes of their leadership team. 
So uh, with that being said, it's my dishonorable mention. Probably shouldn't even mention it. Uh, but number one, easily, is the return of Ember Moon, tagging with Rhea Ripley and taking down Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, number one, for so many different reasons. But the, uh, I mean, obviously, you, you go in and you want to see how Ember Moon's doing. So I think to the length that they let her, you know, throw herself around, I think we're ready to see Ember Moon be Ember Moon. And that is the most exciting part about this. And uh, she started the show letting us all know she's she's ready to come, you know, come back and be Ember Moon to the nth degree. So it's fun to hear her say it, but it's I don't think we've ever looked at Ember Moon's promos and said that is can't miss TV. Her matches, though, like this is the level that Ember <laughs> Moon is at. She's at that AJ Styles level where we haven't seen the promos that knock our socks off. Uh, and it's not like a joke with AJ, like AJ's so bad at promos. It's disgusting, but both of them are so talented in the ring. It doesn't matter. Uh, so I, I just, I can't wait for this to continue. And I love the idea that she's already getting mixed up with Dakota Kai and Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley. I'm a little surprised that Ripley isn't being mixed into the WWE draft. Uh, cause I thought that was going to be her goodbye. But, um, you know, if some battles start between Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley, I'm not going to hate that either. So all of everything that came out from that uh, main event, maybe it wasn't the greatest tag match we've ever seen, but it was all thumbs ups, uh, thumbs up from my side of the screen, uh, just getting to see Ember Moon out there. And uh, goddamn, she looked good. Um, I forgot the major crush I have on Ember Moon when I see her uh, come into the ring. So that was uh, brought my heart. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, the costume designer who, uh, you know, found a second <laughs> use for all those pop tabs um, for, for Ember. Um, hey, that's, that's actually recycling. We, we never know what's going good. on in those recycling plants, so. It's good for the planet. Um, exactly. No, I, I loved Ember Moon. Um, still do. I'm so glad she's back. Looks excellent. Um, doesn't look like she's missed a step. Um, I just, you know, two people really got um like helped builds people like Asuka and Shayna Baszler over um one of them's Kyrie saying the other one is Ember Moon uh I, I don't know if Shayna would be at the um you know apex that she was in NXT if it wasn't for Ember Moon really selling those um you know busted elbow spots where Shayna does the big stomp from above right um those are those are some of the most like edge of your seat matches where they had that kind of like real UFC you know feel to them um, but still had the flair for the dramatic thanks to Ember's uh, facial expressions and her ability to sell the match. Um, I, I'm so glad she's back. It's, it's, it's literally like getting, you know, a star point guard, um, you know, on your basketball team. Cause not only is she excellent, but she makes everybody around her better. Um, I, I just can't say enough nice things about Ember because I, I'm just a huge fan of hers. Um, that just takes us to AEW, Matt, the dishonorable mention. You got this. It's eh, it's a little nitpicky because you know it kind of feeds into the the main event, but ugh, Jericho's buddies. I mean, what hey, a hey, what a bunch on, of what a bunch of has beens. You got Shaq, who you know is every week is one upped by Charles Barkley. Uh, you got Kiss. Nobody listens to them anymore. You Gene Simmons made some weird comment about being on your hands and knees. I, I don't know. Did did he and Chris? Get it on? I don't know what they were implying <laughs> with that. Um, 
Bully Ray came on for a, like a, a not even a cup of coffee for a sip of beer. Um, it didn't even say the words Chris or Cherico or congratulations. Um, and then Dennis Miller showed up, man. Nobody's hey, like Dennis Miller since uh, 1994. Uh, you know, back when, uh, you know, the NHL video game was first starting. It was that long ago. Pavel Bure was still a, a piece to be had. That's how long ago uh, his relevance was. But the last time that Nat King Cole was blowing air out of them pipes, eh? Gagas <laughs> <laughs> God is rolling in his grave. <laughs> Please stop. Uh, so I, I don't understand. I don't understand why those those are the only people Jericho's friends with. Like I've listened to his podcast. His guests aren't that rough. Come on, there's got to be somebody out there who likes this guy. He's on like the Talking Dead for a few episodes. I guess we don't really talk to Chris Hardwick anymore. Uh, there had to be somebody out there. Uh, you know, Whew, it was rough. But moment number one. Man, it's the celebration of Jericho. I'm sorry. Uh, he, <laughs> well, that being said. <laughs> even though he doesn't quite have the, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood uh, cachet of amigos to call on for big moments, uh, you know, it's it's hard to do. Uh, but he did do two much more important things, which I think are worth noting. As a professional wrestler, Matt, you always go out on your back. Okay, he did win. But what I mean is that he helped put over his buddies, right? He helped put over Luther and Serpentico. Um, you know, these are guys who go way back with Chris. And it, I see, I've seen people online kind of, oh, how is this the 30th anniversary? And this is who Jericho's fighting. Uh, you know, it's akin to the Undertaker saying, yeah, I'll take a loss versus Brock Lesnar. We're buddies. You know, it's it's that kind of um, like camaraderie that, you know, Jericho on this night decided to put that guy over. You know, I'm going to have my 30th anniversary special. I don't want it to not include you. You you have to be here. You came with me to AEW. I want you to main event the 30th anniversary with me. Uh, so I, I thought I thought that was a cool rub, <laughs> a cool nod. Um, and then as far as Chris getting other people over, and sometimes it can be argued that he's kind of stealing the thunder. Um, like, uh, you know, um, a little bit like what he did with Kevin Owens when he had a lot of momentum and, you know, Chris kind of came in and was trying to get all the funny lines while, while Owens was, you know, really, uh, you know, selling t-shirts, uh, getting great TV spots and they were the best friends. Um, Jericho and MJF, that's another, in the same night, you know, he helped get over his buddy Luther and then he also helped get over MJF. Um, cause this smells like these guys are probably not going to be a tag team for very long if they do end up, you know, being on the same side, uh, temporarily. Um, uh, but it's about getting over the next Jericho. Um, and if anybody in the world of pro wrestling is on that, that short list, the list, if you will, the short list of, you know, who's going to be the next Jericho and he finally hangs it up. I think MJF's got the credentials and I, I don't, I think he's got the ability to do it. And I, I, I don't think if you look at his body of work at such a young age, there should be a lot of people who disagree with that. If anybody is going to come up with the list of a thousand and five holds, it's probably going to be MJF. I'll, that's a good uh, blog article. Um, <laughs> that's a good follow-up. You should write that one and then post it on bodpodcast.com and brothersdiscussion.com. I think there's, uh, you know, 
there's a reason for everything in pro wrestling. There's a reason why we, I, I said that, um, uh, Dabo should, should be the first pick in, in the WWE draft. Like that's how pro wrestling should work. And you already, you just said it like, who, who, you should, you should go out on your back, but, um, spine on the pine. <laughs> right. There's a reason you brought up spine on the pine. No, um, there, there's a Seven reason that, times. Yeah, that MJF is featured so heavily at the end of that show. And it, 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 it is because I think Jericho sees probably, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily a lot of himself or if he just sees so much in MJF that he knows that if there's somebody that can carry the baton, um, it's probably not anybody that's in inner circle. It's, it's it's definitely it's definitely more of an MJF. It's it's some guy that never needed inner circle. It's the guy that could carry himself on all, all on his own from the beginning. Um, and Amy's thrown out there. Thanks, Amy. MJF. <laughs> um, we did have um, one of the things we missed because it got commented on my share in the group. So uh, we did miss uh, Andre threw out there a comment. So Andre, we can't we can't throw it out there. Um, so I, I just thought I'd, I'd read it straight from Facebook. So forgive me, everybody. I look probably look dumb. Um, I thought NXT was better show than AEW. I'm not an AEW hater or anything, but I got to but they got to do better in, in some areas of their programming. Improve the women's division, do something better with Miro, uh than have him be Kip Sabian's best man. Uh the guy's been with the company for almost 2 months and he's been in one match and they got him stuck in a weak ass oh, I love this. A weak ass storyline with a lower mid-card guy. Everyone thought Miro was going to do great things in AEW and booked better than he was in WWE. He's basically done diddly dick. Goddamn, Andre. Uh, Did you say diddly dick? Diddly dick. This is the best thing I've ever read. The grass ain't so green on the other side, I guess. Holy fuck. Andre, coming in hard. Um, I I gotta say, like... Like, That's like a William Carlos Williams poem. I really like that. Uh, you, you really day. couldn't go through like <laughs> what Andre said there and pick it apart uh, outside of the idea that it's early. You know, it's it's something where AEW already had things in place. So I think, you know, we have to be patient. I think it's better that they don't go that impact route and just whoever gets signed from WWE <sighs> immediately becomes their champion and then they just completely, you know, well, all the rest of the card. Yeah, I mean, we've we've already seen, like, Miro is a big man. Um, and we've seen how quickly they tried to thrust, like, Murderhawk, uh, Brody Lee, uh, Brian Cage. All right, we're going to give you title matches in your first pay-per-view. And then they're immediately quick feud for, you know, 30 days and then off the map. And now they're kind of doing mid-card stuff. Um, so with Miro, I kind of prefer what they're doing, if only because, you know, let's kind of get that slow burn where people are like, yeah, when's Miro going to get a chance? Yeah, we want Miro, bar Miro. And then you can kind of crank it up and eventually, you know, get him to that point where he's, um, you know, challenging Moxley, um, you know, toppling and defeating Cody. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm OK playing the long game with Miro because he already comes in with so much love and adoration. Um, you know, he, he barely... He doesn't need anything. He's going to get over, you know, I love those legendary stories of when you audition for WWE and you got to try and sell a mop handle. Um, Miro could easily do that in his sleep. Um, So I I think he's one of those special talents that let's just, you know, keep this guy glass case. uh, Let's, uh, you know, in case of emergency, break glass. Um, And for right now, let's just kind of slowly build him up. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Although if it wasn't for the way they're building them, we wouldn't have heard the wonderful phrase diddly dick. <laughs> right. So I'm so happy that I did see Andre's comment because now our show, uh, I, I hope you all go check out Andre. He's on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook and YouTube. I'm sorry. Andre, you gotta uh, send me all those uh, handles so I can let everybody know. But uh, if, if you find Andre in our live discussion group, follow him everywhere uh, because it's all fantastic content. It's it's better than diddly dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst thing he does. That's it. Diddly dick. All right, everybody. Uh, it's, it's time for us to wrap up. Uh, I, it looks like I've got a date in the war zone. Um, we got to start live streaming because I found out that that's, that's like a new thing is it has nothing to do with your brand of podcast. You can just start, you should, you should just start live streaming on Twitch, like anything, but just carry a brand with you. So we should probably start live streaming our war zones and our dead by daylights. Uh, but everybody find us at, uh, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Like I mentioned those two other blogs. Uh, I hope you guys check them out. I'm trying to be more than clickbait. I'm trying to be more than just, Hey, here's things that other people wrote, let me share them. Here's things that other people said, let me share them. <laughs> uh, I think we all follow the same people on Twitter, so we've seen the original posts. But <clears throat> what I'm trying to do is, is kind of detail in, in one. Again, it's it's removing brand loyalty from watching uh, your favorite wrestling programs. Uh, I think it, it'll make a more healthier viewing experience. And number two, how the 1,004 Holds uh, segment for Mr. Chris Jericho actually helps uh, helped create who Chris Jericho is and actually like encapsulates his entire career. Like what is Chris Jericho? It can be found in that segment. Uh, so go ahead, pick that apart, throw, uh, throw your thoughts in the comments too, but find us at BOD podcast on Twitter uh, at brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram to find all the fun memes that we're putting out there. Hey, it's just the two of us. So if you think if you're sitting there looking at those memes and going, Hey, there's only two, like every episode of raw, Go over to Twitter and read all the other stuff we're putting in. Uh, and, of course, join our, our Facebook group. Uh, Mike, we learned tonight from three entrepreneurs that uh, community is very important to any podcast. So why don't you join our community and go to live wrestling discussion brought to you by BODpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, there, uh, there's, there's 600 people that organically found themselves in this spot. We are not making any money. We're not even selling this group. People are coming because they know there's great wrestling discussion. Head on over there and continue the discussion. Mike, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I don't say it enough. I love you to death. Today was a big night for, for the brothers of discussion, I think. Uh, so thank you so much. I know you're still moving in. So thanks for making the time. I know it's tough. Um, but yeah. Mike, I will see you Sunday morning to talk NHL draft. At uh, at BOD Hockey uh, on Twitter and uh, a same YouTube page, which is just the uh, Brothers Discussion. Sunday morning, we're going to be touching each other's diddly dicks. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. That's the perfect way to set up. Fire, buddy. <laughs>